Welcome to Radioactive Summer Break. I'm Laura Jones. With Afghanistan weighing heavily on everyone's mind, I reached out to the Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy to talk about ways to get educated on the situation and get involved. Felicia Maxfield Barrett, the council's executive director, will share her insight and invite you to a community dialogue on Afghanistan. Later this hour, Radioactive's own Tamrika Kavtisiashvili on paper boats. It's a zine collaboration between 17 women, 14 Palestinians living in Gaza and three Americans here in Salt Lake City. The launch party for this collection of essays, poetry, photography, and art is Thursday night at Modern West Gallery. Radioactive gets a sneak peek with a clip from a Zoom conversation I recently had with some of the women in Gaza. Although students are headed back to school, it's still summer, and I've got another pick for you for our Radioactive Summer Break Songs of Summer playlist. Hey, Laura, my name is Leonard Thomas in Salt Lake City in the Avenues, and I'd like to dedicate a song to Osa... The orange cat. Osa means female bear in Spanish. And Osa is a, a great neighborhood attribute. People love to see Osa out rolling in the rolling in the dirt underneath the tree and smiling at the little kids. Anyway, In a Daydream by Freddie Jones is my dedication. It's a, the live version is the best one. Here's to Osa and KRCL's radioactive songs of summer. Thank you. You got it, Leo, right here on KRCL 90.9. Are you a teen inspired to be heard? Do you want to be a DJ on this station, KRCL 90.9 FM? Then join Loud and Clear Youth Radio. We are currently looking for the next group of interested teens ages 14 to 19 who want to be the next group of youth DJs at this station. Applications are due September 12th, so hurry. For more information, visit spyhop.org. We are looking forward to hearing your voice on this station. Radioactive and Clever Octopus are teaming up to get crafty in support of Creative Reuse and Community Radio. To sign up for our first-ever Funky Cassette Workshop on Saturday, August 28th, visit krcl.org. You're listening to the Radioactive Summer Break, and I'm Laura Jones, your host tonight. The Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy believes that everyone has the right, even the responsibility, to help shape U.S. foreign relations one handshake at a time. They've been doing this work in our community since 1967, bringing groups from other countries to Utah and breaking bread together. With the situation in Afghanistan, they have some suggestions on ways to educate yourself and make your voice heard. Here's my conversation with the council's executive director, Felicia Maxfield Barrett. Felicia, I I thought about you over the weekend and zapped off a message saying, what do you got on Afghanistan? And you said, we have the ability to answer people's questions. But also I saw your LinkedIn post. People really want to know how to help. So what have you been hearing given Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy's role in our community building these foreign relations one handshake at a time? Yeah. So the interesting thing about the work that we do, and especially because we've been around for nearly 55 years, is that we've seen so many conflicts arise, anything from Cambodia and Vietnam to Bosnia to Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, we we have been around long enough that 
we really look at citizen diplomacy to bring people together, to have conversations and educate one another. Um, you know, the recent situation in Afghanistan is definitely no different than, you know, it's, it's tragic, it's horrible, it's, it's definitely a crisis of humanity right now. Um, you know, but one thing that we've noticed is that when we're able to bring people from around the world to Utah, and then even individuals who live in Utah that are from Afghanistan or another country, and have conversations, what we're able to do is really start um, bridging the gap, so to speak, you know, and it speaks to our logo, two people hate uh, shaking hands over a bridge, um, you know, but really what it does at the depth of it is it combats negative stereotypes. It immerses people in different cultures and languages. Um, we're able to engage people in meaningful dialogue, you know, and at the end, it enhances national security because we're starting to build trust with one another. Um, and so, you know, last week when, when everything was going on with the crisis in Afghanistan, we received numerous emails and phone calls of what can I do? I feel hopeless right now. And so we came up with three easy steps. We, we don't know what's going to happen in the long term with individuals that are in Afghanistan. There's, you know, Governor Cox wrote a very beautiful letter to President Biden saying, Utah will welcome refugees here. And, and that just really touched my heart that we have such a welcoming community. But what can we do right now? Well, it's pretty simple. First and foremost is contacting your elected representative and our two senators and saying, Utah's a, a welcoming state for refugees. Please make sure that you're increasing the numbers of refugees that come into the United States. Um, you know, lift the ban that was placed on them and then know that as a citizen, as your constituent, we welcome refugees here. And we do have quite a significant uh, population from Afghanistan here. So this isn't anything new. There is a community here that that we've worked with in the past. Um, the second thing is to educate yourself about what is going on in Afghanistan. And last November, we hosted a gentleman, his name was Scott Warden. He's with the United States Institute of Peace. He is one of their leading researchers and advisors with public policy as it relates to the Afghanistan country and the, that region of the world. Um, really great lecture of what was going to happen when the United States pulled its troops from, from Afghanistan. Um, the other thing is, is, is last week we received so many emails and so many phone calls from people saying, I have questions but I don't know where to ask them. And I don't know who to ask them. And I'm a little bit embarrassed because I don't want to come off as not knowing and not being sensitive. Um, and so we're going to host a community conversation on Tuesday, August 31st at 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. It's with our very own Ahmed, who is from Afghanistan. He's our international exchange program director. And he's going to share his point of view of you know, the Afghan government and the Taliban, the relationship there, the relationship between America and Afghanistan, and then what is going on with the refugee crisis, with the humanitarian crisis taking place. Seating is incredibly limited, as well as we are asking people be vaccinated because it is a pretty closed space that we are going to be in, but it is going to be in person. Um, and I, Laura, I think you've got the link to that event if people want to register and attend it. 
Yes, I will make sure to put it in the show notes. It's at your new office out in mm-hmm. Murray, which is much smaller than where you have been in the past. So, folks, I do suggest that you uh, sign up early as possible. Do it now as you're listening. There's, there'll be a link in the show notes tonight. And then you also talk about the Utah Refugee Services Office and exploring ways to help there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and my personal background is I worked for 10 years in refugee resettlement, both in the government sector with the Refugee Services Office, as well as in the nonprofit sector. And I cannot speak high enough about the resettlement agencies, Catholic Community Services, Asian Association, the International Rescue Committee, the Refugee Services Office, and then there's so many other supportive organizations that are really helping newly arriving refugees thrive and have opportunities and integrate into our community. Um, so, so they will have a better sense of where the need is, but even just reaching out to them to say, hey, I'm interested in volunteering, or I'll be interested when we receive an influx of, of refugees from Afghanistan or anywhere else in the world. I mean, you know, that's the unfortunate thing is, is this, this crisis is so sad, but it's one of many. We need to be a welcoming community. We really need to engage with individuals that are coming here looking for the same opportunities as anyone else. They want employment. They want to raise their children in a safe environment. They want opportunities. And that, I think, is a universal connection for us all. So, uh, Felicia, when you look at this, given the amount of work you've done in this this field, and this crisis comes up, and you look back at missed opportunities along the way, does that get you down, or do you look at what's immediately necessary right now to helping folks? Oh, that's a really tough question. I, I think it's really easy for us to feel hopeless when we're seeing the images through media, when we're hearing the stories, when we're wondering what can we do, Um, you know, so, so it is very easy to go down that rabbit hole, but I think in order for us as a community to move forward, we got to keep an eye on, you know, how do you, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. What can I do today to help, you know, education, civic engagement and volunteerism. And I cannot stress enough the importance of having conversations with our elected officials on what your values are, on what is important to you. And if providing an open and safe community for people around the world that are experiencing these horrific attacks on their on their families, on their occupations, on their ability to create civil society, you know, then then you need to express that to the elected officials. Otherwise, how are they going to know? They're not going to know. They can't read our minds. So it is important to have those conversations. Felicia Maxfield Barrett of the Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy which has been fostering citizen diplomacy since 1967. Check tonight's show notes for a link to the community conversation on Afghanistan the council has scheduled for August 31st. KRCL, your community connection since 1979. Thanks for listening to the Radioactive Summer Break. I'm Laura Jones and Democracy Now! at 7, Red, White and Blues at 10.30, your brand new day each and every weekday morning at 6 with John Florence. And, you know, you can listen on demand to the last two weeks of any show at krcl.org. Just click the Programs tab. 
Later this week, Modern West Gallery will host a launch party for Paper Boats. It's a new zine collaboration between 17 women, 14 Palestinians living in Gaza, and three Americans here in Salt Lake City. In fact, one of the co-creators is Radioactive's own Tamrika Kavtisiashvili. I spoke with her via Zoom earlier today about the project. Tamrika, congratulations. I know we've been talking off-air about this project for some time, and it's finally coming to fruition. Yeah. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much. We're excited to uh, be finishing, or rather, well, it's finishing and then also launching the project. We've been working on it for almost a year. It might be actually a year exactly. And uh, so we're, we're excited for people to see the zine. You arranged for a Zoom conversation with some of the contributors from Gaza, and we're going to share a bit of that tonight. But it will also be part of the launch on Thursday at Modern West Gallery. Can you kind of lay the groundwork for us, though? Because it's really interesting how this project came about. And it has to do, in no small part, with your globetrotting teaching. <laughs> yeah, I um, without making it a long story, I met one of the contributors, one of the co-creators, Hanan Habashi, who is a Palestinian woman uh, teaching at the Islamic University of Gaza. I met her during one of the workshops, and the workshop was on making zines and doing teaching leadership through zine making. And she was so excited by it. So when I uh, kind of came across this opportunity uh, to through Skidmore, New York Skidmore College uh, to do a collaboration with someone, I thought of Hanan. And that particular collaboration uh, was meant to be all about collaborating and what that looks like, you know, all the um, easy and difficult parts of collaboration. So Hanan and I decided to um, make a zine together and because we wanted to involve even more people. She found uh, 13 other uh, women to work with her on the content of the zine, which is uh, essays, poetry, art, photography. And I found two collaborators here in Salt Lake City to work with me on the form of the book, which was equally important so they could kind of work together in cahoots, the content and the form of the final product. And we'll talk about that after we we hear a clip. But um, while this was all starting to really come together and you're making selection on the pieces, another conflict broke out. Yeah. So, um, you know, as our listeners might know, as you know, people from Gaza cannot travel out and we cannot travel in. So the collaboration that was important part of this collaboration that we had to do remotely. Um, so it took really long time and not only you can't travel but we can't you know there's no mailbox there's no address since so we can't ship things to each other and so on and this the form of the book was really important to us because it's a physical book you know so everything had to be done uh through like zoom calls and so on um and as we were working on it uh as we were actually printing the final selections and about uh, we're about to start assembling the zine uh, the last conflict which was the 11 day conflict which um, broke out in May I believe it was so uh, that you know of course is very much part of the project um, in fact uh, we afterwards uh, kind of uh, extended some of the content and allowed 
and by allowed, I mean invited some of the contributors if they wanted to write new pieces to be part of the zine that had to do with the conflict, which they did. Um, so yeah, that happened right in the midst of it or kind of toward the end of putting the zine together. Well, here's a clip of the Zoom conversation that you set up for me with several of the contributors, this part in particular featuring the woman you mentioned, Hanan Habashi. Hanan Habashi, thank you so much. I'm glad the power came back in your neighborhood. And perhaps we we start there. Hi. <laughs> You're an educator and an aspiring storyteller. And I understand the leader of paper boats in Gaza, yet in your pieces that you contribute, you write about the impotence of words and language as a fraud and never betraying your pain again. You go deep. You go deep, Hanan. I try to, or we're kind of pushed into the depth, kind of. Um, um, maybe, maybe this piece in particular was me frustrated or feeling helpless in the face of all the um, agonies that we had to go through. Uh, but to me, words uh, actually helped me so much. Uh, they helped me find a refuge and the most uh, agonizing of times. Uh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I seemed like I, I, I seemed like I didn't believe in language or no, no. I, I, I. That's not where I was going. Just you laid it all bare on the page. Because um, yeah. I think for me sitting here in Salt Lake City, Utah, looking over to what I don't know is going on there, the frustration and the pain is is palpable through what you you shared. So is there something that in our short conversation um, mm. you'd like people to know or understand as a result of this paper boats collaboration? Uh, understand about us as Palestinians or um, understand the life you live the life we live so this is kind of like a very very big concept to explore um, uh, maybe it's really convenient that uh, this interview that was scheduled like three weeks ago um, for me uh, didn't start really well because I just recently moved to a new home and we made our the kind of we took the necessary measures to always have electricity or so on, but the generator uh, uh, kind of broke down. Uh, electricity went off. Uh, we had no other resources. So this is the very these like subtle kind of details of our daily lives um, makes it really hard to live. Makes it really hard to want to live uh, in this place. So um, these kind of many inconveniences. Um, Again, they do not necessarily make you want to um, celebrate your identity as a Palestinian uh, or cherish where you are right now. Um, so what's really, what's really for, for me, what's really important uh, or for the world to know is that um, we always choose uh, life. We always choose uh, fighting through uh, or powering through life because we kind of believe that we deserve it. Um, so I need everyone to understand that this little life that we're given is worth worth it and we are worthy of this life. And it's, it, it was really frustrating to, to know that uh, I wouldn't be able to join this conversation. Um, I don't know, my, my, my thoughts are not, I'm sorry, I'm not, my thoughts are not that coherent right now. 
Um, but I but I need the entire world to understand that we are here, we live here. Uh, life is not is nowhere near easy, but uh, we choose not to give up. We choose to always um, kind of uh, grasp the tiniest of chances, the tiniest of opportunities, and just stick to them and just power through uh, life um, with this very little chance that we are given. That said. I'm looking at a photograph that Tamrika sent me of one of your pieces in Paper Boats, and it's about that phrase, Paper Boats, you you make them. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk a bit about that or share some of that from that piece? Uh, is it about, yeah, the Paper Boats? I yes, that you, find yourself, you find yourself making them. Yeah, so basically, uh, Paper Boats is not just about um, to like 14 Palestinians and um, four Americans working together. It's about humans who actually share um, these very, let's say, substantial uh, humanities or so. Um, I'm a socially anxious person. I, I don't know if that's very clear or not, but I'm a socially anxious person. And my social anxiety, like I had to kind of, uh, or I struggled a lot with my social anxiety. Um, uh, so uh, as an anxious person, I always like had to busy myself with words, with things around me. Um, so I, I always found myself trying to kind of uh, create little things to surround myself with my own creations. Because again, I've always believed that creation is like kind of a matter of resistance, a, ma a matter of existence. So kind of creating these little shapes, these little forms around me, my own creation surrounding me, uh, helps me kind of relax a little bit, relieve my stress, uh, be familiar with my surroundings. Um, I don't know, I don't understand why I would always find something to busy myself with, but it would always distract me from the idea that the world exists around me. The world is aware of my existence. Um, so that's why that's why it's kind of like a literal, uh, let's say, a literal interpretation of the idea that creation can be liberating or can be like a refuge to me. What was this process like making this zine, this paper boats book? And maybe you can talk a little bit about the visual artists who weren't able to join us and share some of their work with us um, now. Um, so the, the process itself of mm -hmm. oh, like, do you want me to go back? Just getting your co-creators together, uh, convincing them to participate and, and take this risk to be vulnerable in expressing themselves. So I kind of had had the power because like I'm a teacher. <laughs> so I had I had I had this power over my students. And I, I chose students that I believed in. Students I've worked with for some of them for years. Um and this is something I I think I'm proud of this thing, but I enable um uh in, in many of the communities over the uh, the learning communities I've worked in, I I think I enable my students to be vulnerable. I let them uh, be vulnerable, I kind of create the safe space for them to kind of uh, speak up because we're not just talking about the occupation, we're talking also about social oppressions, we're talking about um, like a lot, like we're talking about social uh, economic oppressions, we're not talking about just the occupation, one layer of oppression. So um, I, I worked with, with these ladies as a teacher before working with them uh, as a co-creator. 
so it just kind of we had this um, uh, poetry session with Enrica and she suggested that we could work together and I talked to my students and then the sessions uh, the writing sessions and the editing sessions um, continued uh, online and um, in person and the process was rewarding the process was frustrating at times um, but we got everything together at the end um, something really do you can I yeah something um, that I, I actually feel sad about is that not all uh, the pieces made the cut not all the pieces were kind of um not all the pieces made it to the zine uh which is something actually i ache for because i know that all of these ladies kind of poured their hearts out um into the zine um the painter who couldn't join us today um raida habbul so raida is one of the most interesting artist she is um she's studying architecture uh she's um in her uh she's a sophomore she's yeah um she's 19 years old um and Raida, um her 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 paintings um if you i don't know if you have them they're beautiful tamrika sent me a couple of uh photos they're colorful they're sorrowful they're um ecstatic all at the same time and and I don't think they look the same uh, to different eyes. I think this is the beauty uh, of them. Like you see what you want to see in, in them, and this is something. This is some. This is the the miraculous power of art. Um, you read what you feel or like what what you have uh, already inside. And and Raida, um, it is. I think it is impossible to read Raida's uh, Raida's paintings. Um, and just assume that this is the truth behind them. Um, so what's really beautiful uh, about them is that they appeal to different uh, kinds of audiences, to a diversity of ages, of, of nationalities. I think every one of us can identify with them in a different way. Um, and this is actually the power of the word, uh, the power of the, of the paintings and the power of a single word. Um, this is why this creation or co-creation is really important and essential for all of us. And that's Hanan Habashi, the lead organizer in Gaza for Paper Boats, a zine that launches this Thursday at Modern West. And here on the Utah side, we have co-creator, co-collaborator Tamrika Kavtisiashvili. Who else in Salt Lake is part of this? So I was really lucky to have two great collaborators here in Salt Lake. One is Angela Brown and another is Adela Rahmati. And uh, really quickly about them, Angela Brown, she has been running Slug and Craft Lake City for many years. So having her kind of um, eye for detail and attention to kind of excellence and printing and editing was really helpful. Um, and she's a uh, extremely creative, hardworking person. So that was wonderful. And then Adela's contribution and Adela Rahmati, someone I've made zines with before. We made a couple of zines together in Saudi Arabia when we were living there. And uh, she's kind of like, a, I believe she's like a creative powerhouse, you know? She has great ideas and she's willing to go the extra mile to make them happen. So we kind of had, three of us had very different backgrounds, but I think we, um, were able to uh, really complement each other in 
making the zine happen. So what's happening Thursday night, when, where? And the zine, it's a bit more than a zine. When I think of zine, I think going down to Kinko's and copying off some art and some poetry. There's a little bit more going on here. Yeah, it's uh, we call it a zine because it is self-published. Uh, you know, and, uh, we only have 100 uh prints available. So it's very much a small uh, printed uh, press, I suppose, um, of uh, this work. Uh, so, you know, and I, I think of zines as uh, something that's like a vibrant kind of thriving social practice that describes current, uh, current, you know, deep current, sorry, that describes um, currents and concerns within one's culture. So that's why we kind of stuck with the word zine, but um, it does have a book form. Uh, and uh, Modern West was kind enough to uh, contribute their space to us, their beautiful space. So we will have an event launching the zine. Again, we'll have those zines available for sale because we only um, have a uh, hundred prints and some of them are being sold uh, by a bookstore in New York and some have been bought online. Uh, we only actually have, I believe, 40 left uh, and people will be able to purchase those zines there. And one last thing I want to say about the event is that all the money uh, that, you know, will result from sale of those zines will go directly to the contributors in Gaza. And then if uh, there's any extra costs, we're going to try to cover our costs. But for now, all of the sales are going directly to them. So the event is on Thursday, 6 to 8. Um, there will be a short presentation. Uh, there'll be some food from Laziz and uh, some libations, um, all donated for this cause by other fellows from Salt Lake City. Check tonight's show notes, folks, for a link to Paper Boats and the event happening on Thursday night. But Tamrika, before I let you go, I need to say farewell and safe travels. You've been part of the radioactive team uh, during COVID, you know, as much as the lockdown and the trials and tribulations of the pandemic have been hard. It's meant that you haven't been able to travel, <laughs> and that's been yes. my good fortune and KRCL's good fortune for your participation in the show. You've taken another overseas teaching contract, but we'll take your gear with you and be sending us some dispatches. Do you mind sharing where you're going to be heading? Yeah, we'll be heading to um, a beautiful small city named Bukhara, which is in Uzbekistan, and uh, spending a few months there. So hopefully uh, I'll be using my gear there and you'll be hearing from me. Tamrika Kaptisiashvili, safe travels, my friend. I'm Laura Jones and that's our show. Check tonight's show notes for a link to Paper Boats and the Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy. If you have time and extra dimes to share, you can make a difference right here in your own community.